Happy Halloween to all my American and foreign listeners. Halloween is my favorite holiday of the year. And continuing the tradition with this podcast, we will be having a Halloween episode. For this episode, we'll be discussing a very disturbing um, organization called Nexium, spelled N-X-I-V-M, and how it became a cult and how it engaged in white-collar crime and how it led to the imprisonment, arrest, and successful prosecution of Keith Rainier, the founder of Nexium. Stay tuned. afternoon. I'd like to welcome everyone to the latest episode of my White Collar Crime and Fraud podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gene Tausk. And in what's going to be a tradition among this podcast is, since it is Halloween, we will be having a Halloween episode. We had a Halloween episode last year, we're having a Halloween episode now, and we'll be having a Halloween episode hopefully in the future as well, as long as this podcast continues. Why? Well, Halloween's one of my favorite holidays, and I figured I might as well just try and combine podcast with Halloween. Last Halloween, if you remember, we looked into some unusual types of fraud involving so-called psychics. We're using the idea of psychic powers to scam other people. And that's appropriate, in my opinion, for a Halloween podcast. This Halloween podcast, we're going to be looking at something a bit more just as bizarre, something very bizarre, a little more sinister, in my opinion. We're going to be talking about uh, the Nexium cult and specifically the fraud that went on with the Nexium cult. And uh, we'll be examining how white-collar crime and fraud bleeds over sometimes into the world of cults. Nexium, by the way, for my listeners, Nexium is spelled N-X-I-V-M. That's N-X-I-V-M. It was a cult that um, existed for several years, and it was led by person who's now imprisoned by the name of Keith Rainier, R-A-N-I-E-R-E, first name Keith. And for all intents and purposes, Nexium was a cult of personality that was all rolled around Keith Rainier. Now that's kind of, that's kind of a uh, um, duplicate, it's, it's kind of redundant to say a cult of personality. Most cults are cults of personality, but certainly Nexium took it to a whole new level. And Nexium began as a personal development company, which evolved into, or devolved, I guess, if you want to use the word, into a cult, and eventually into the uh, into the imprisonment of Keith Rainier. So let's talk about Nexium. Nexium began in 1998 as a personal development company. Uh, for my foreign listeners, uh, there, 
idea of personal development is a very big industry in the U.S. We read somewhere, I'm not sure if it's true or not, I read somewhere that we have more psychotherapists and therapists, mental health counselors than any, per capita than any other nation in the world. I'm not sure if that's true, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Americans are, part of our culture is very big on personal development and the constant improvement of yourself. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. There is a, the idea of improving oneself is, in my opinion, a noble pursuit. That's supposedly what some of education is to be for, to improve oneself. But of course, in the wrong hands, such ideas can be taken to the wrong the wrong endings. And Nexium certainly is an example. And um, before founding Nexium, Rainier actually created a business called Consumers Byline. And the New York Attorney General eventually accused this venture, Consumers Byline, of being a pyramid scheme. Of course, we've talked about pyramid schemes. There is no reason to go into that. And in 1996, he, uh, Rainier denied any wrongdoing, but he paid a $40,000 fine. And uh, he moved on. And in 1998, Rainier and an individual named Nancy Saltzman founded Nexium as a personal development company. And they offered programs which were called Executive Success Programs, ESP, get it, ha, 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 which were techniques for self-improvement. And Nexium began to expand with the idea of these self-improvement um, workshops, self-improvement leadership, uh, leadership workshops. And there are many people that got involved in these workshops and some of them were quite famous. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, by 2003, it's estimated that about 4,000 people had taken part in these ESP classes. Now, these included um, former Surgeon General Antonio Novello, Enron Executive Stephen Cooper. Enron, of course, needs no explanation. Anna Christina Fox, who's the daughter of former Mexican President Vicente Fox. Richard Branson, um, the Virgin... Uh, Virgin Atlantic, Virgin Airlines Empire, um, and businessman Edgar Bronfen Sr., and actresses Linda Evans, Grace Park, and Nikki Klein. And we'll be getting to that later. Uh, Linda Evans is very famous for a role on Dynasty, a soap opera from the 1980s. Grace Park and Nikki Klein are famous for their roles in uh, Battlestar Galactica, the 2003 version, not the original version. And more importantly, for the development of Nexium, now, the Seagram heiresses, Claire and Sarah Bronfman, Bronfman, excuse me, the daughters of Edgar Bronfman Sr., became attached to this organization. And I'm not really interested in talking about the self-development classes of Nexium. That's not really the point of this, of this podcast. Uh, there's plenty out there if you'd like to take a look at it. But as I said, Nexium marketed itself as a self-improvement, self-development organization. And... Um, Beginning in 2003, uh, articles began to be published about um, Nexium and Rainier itself. They had some issues as to what exactly they were learning in these in these self-development classes. And also, these self-development classes were not cheap. They cost thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. And people could either um, take these classes by paying these in, in these paying money to Nexium or um, become personal trainers in Nexium itself. And by personal trainers, I don't mean the, the people who teach you how to exercise, teach you how to get in shape. Um, personal training in Nexium had a, had a different meaning. And beginning um, with, once again, this led to a series of stories on Nexium, but Nexium continued to grow. And Nexium 
um, also attracted other Hollywood celebrities. And most important, uh, one of the uh, celebrities they attracted to um, next to him was a person named Allison Mack. I, to be honest, I don't know who she is. She apparently was on a few TV shows. But Nexium sort of took a play card from uh, Scientology, and Scientology is a whole different ballgame, of course, but took a play card from uh, the cult of Scientology where they would try to get Hollywood actors and actresses involved because this would somehow lend credence or believability to what they were teaching. And Allison Mack became, you might say, a total believer in Nexium, and we'll talk more about her later. Uh, one, of, one of the more interesting persons who became involved with Nexium was a person by the name of India Oxenberg. She is the daughter of Catherine Oxenberg, and um, Catherine Oxenberg is also a well-known actress in America. She's also a descendant of royalty, interestingly enough, which I guess makes India Oxenberg a descendant of royalty. Um, but anyway, uh, India Oxenberg w is the daughter of Catherine Oxenberg and Casper, um, uh, last name escapes me. Um, anyway, Casper, um, who is the, he's an actor who appeared in one of my favorite movies, uh, Starship Troopers, 1997 movie. Casper Van Dien, there we go, Casper Van Dien. And uh, she became involved in this cult. And, it, and Nexium eventually did become a cult. And um, what really drove Nexium to extremes, or what drove, um, what Nexium became famous for, was it became famous for being a sex cult. Um, beginning in 2017, and um, certainly there were whispers before this, but certainly beginning in 2017, there were investigative reporting into a uh, part of Nexium, which began a uh, secret society within Nexium itself, known as, probably saying this wrong, Dominus Obsequius Sororium, a secret sisterhood. And this secret sisterhood um, became known as providing sex slaves, basically, for Keith Rainier. Interestingly enough, Keith Rainier held himself out as being um, someone who did not engage in sex as a celibate. Well, that sort of went out the door. And um, one of the more, I guess, brutal aspects of uh, the uh, this sisterhood, DOS sisterhood, DOS, which as everybody who lived through the 80s knows was who was involved in computers that has a different meaning, but everybody who became involved in this DOS organization or some people that became involved in it actually were branded. They would um, take uh, people who would brand the, these, these females who were involved in DOS would be branded with, and with a cauterizing pin. And I can't imagine, imagine it was very painful. Certainly those who went through it told, said it was very painful. And um, eventually, this is what led to Nexium's downfall. And there's a very, there's a very good uh, series on uh, one of the cable channels, four-part series, um, regard, hosted by um, India Oxenberg and Catherine Oxenberg about India's experiences in the Nexium cult. Very harrowing, and but it's very, very, very good series. I commend India Oxenberg for um, being very forthright and honest about her encounters with Nexium and her time in the cult. It's uh, to me, that kind of honesty and somebody who can come forward and explain what happened to them, I find that kind of courage really inspiring and incredible. If you do get a chance to watch it, it's on cable TV or it's in, I'm sure it's available on um, by DVD somewhere or Blu-ray. Highly recommended. It's a very harrowing experience. Um, but anyway, beginning in 2018, in March of 2018, Rainier was arrested and indicted on charges relating to DOS. And this was a federal crime. This was prosecuted in the Eastern District of New York. And it became a very, very long trial, a very, very long pretrial 
But in the Eastern District of New York, uh, Keith Rainier was indicted on charges including sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy, conspiracy to commit forced labor, and a variety of other um, offenses. And um, during the trial itself, or during um, parts of the trial, the United States Attorney on the case, and for my foreign listeners, the United States Attorneys are the attorneys that prosecute federal crimes. There is one one United States Attorney in the United States, and then everybody who works under him is an assistant United States Attorney. And um, U.S. attorneys are, I've certainly known them to be very, very good prosecutors. And if you're up against a U.S. attorney, you generally have your work cut out for you. But the U.S. attorney on this case stated that Rainier created a secret society of women with whom he had sex and branded his initials, coercing them with a threat of highly personal information and taking their assets. One of the ways in which Rainier was able to gain dominance over these individuals was to have them confess something to one of his followers before he we inducted into the sorority, you had to confess something that you did or something that your family did. So that it'd be able to hold this over you as a way of controlling you. For example, if you um, stated that your family may have uh, earned money through illegal means, well, you would tell that to a person in DOS. And then if you ever threatened to leave the organization, the DOS member would threaten to release that information. Also, uh, these DOS members were required to, to take uh, nude photos of themselves or photos in compromising positions, which would on the threat of being released if uh, this DOS members ever decided to leave the organization. So this type of coercive manipulation was very, very um, uh, important to the DOS organization as a way of controlling these individuals. Um, it was not only Richard, it was, it was not only Rainier, excuse me, who was um, charged with these crimes. In, on April, in April of 2019, Allison Mack was also charged and arrested um, on similar charges. These charges stated that uh, Allison Mack would recruit women into, into Nexium and then into DOS, and Mack would coerce these women into engaging in sexual activity with Rainier. With Rainier. And um, there was also another individual, strangely enough, it, it, it always amazes me how um, some people just uh, really, you'd think they didn't know better, or, they, or you'd think just because they have a PhD or MD or some high level of education, that they know better, but Keith Rainier and this cult was able to bring people in of all education types. One of these people is Nancy Saltzman. Uh, Nancy Saltzman was also prosecuted and she eventually pled guilty to racketeering conspiracy. Uh, Nancy uh, Saltzman was known for all intents and purposes as Keith Rainier's right-hand person. And um, it's uh, among the other people that were um, charged in with Keith Rainier, besides Allison Mack and Nancy Saltzman, was Claire Bronfman, one of the uh, millionaires I told you about, who was part of the Seagram's fortune. And um, she uh, she eventually was charged with and pled guilty. Um, she pled guilty to uh, racketeering and racketeering conspiracy and was given probation. So um, it's, uh, it's a very, very strange cult. It's also a very, very... Um, uh, brutal cult, you might say. Um, the way they the way they controlled people was just very, 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 very harsh. And even by in the series and all the other readings I've read about this cult, even by cult standards, it was very, um, very brutal. But um, obviously, of course, there was the uh, um, the sex aspect for which many of these people, including Rainier, were found guilty or pled guilty. For example. Um, uh, Keith Rainier was found guilty of sex trafficking and ex attempted sex trafficking and sex trafficking conspiracy, um, all of which are horrific crimes, of course. 
But we're going to be talking today about the uh, white collar aspects of um, of the Nexium cult and what Keith Renier was found guilty of. Keith Renier did go to trial. He was found guilty on all charges. He had a very good legal defense team, but with these charges against him and the, the massive amounts of evidence that the government had, uh, even the best lawyers in the world would find themselves um, in, a, in a very difficult situation trying to uh, trying to defend Keith uh, Rainier. And one of the things which he was found guilty of was racketeering conspiracy. And racketeering is uh, is a very um, it's very much part of uh, white collar criminal prosecutions. And conspiracies that we've talked about before is when two or more individuals get together and attempt to further a criminal scheme. So this is racketeering conspiracy, uh, two or more individuals attempting to further a racketeering scheme. And racketeering is a type of organized crime in which a perpetrator set up a coercive, fraudulent, extortionary, or otherwise illegal coordinated scheme. And this court illegal coordinated scheme is called a racket. Um, for my foreign listeners, that comes from uh, American English slang. Uh, a racket is considered some kind of some kind of uh, plan which basically has some illegal underbase or has some kind of negative connotations. For example, um, it's not uncommon to hear things that if in Houston, Texas, for example, there's a lot of um, areas in which traffic tickets, speeding tickets are given out and people um, sometimes refer to them as, as a racket where this is used by the city of Houston and other municipalities to raise money. So a racket is an illegal scheme. Uh, or operation. And by the way, of course, it is well within the law to hand out speeding tickets, so don't confuse the two, at least in, in America. Um, so the in this case, um, the racket is a coercive, fraudulent, or extraordinary, extortionary, excuse me, coordinated scheme. And in this case, the extortion scheme is what we've spoken about previously, where uh, Keith Rainier's followers would coerce individuals into turning over personal information to themselves about themselves or their family to, um, uh, in, in, if that would be used against them, should these individuals ever attempt to leave the Nexium organization. And this is certainly a type of white collar crime. Um, racketeering is used many times in prosecutions. Uh, sometimes, for example, racketeering refers to an organized criminal act in which the um, organizers offer a service that will not be put into effect or offer a service to solve a non-existent problem or a problem offer a service to solve a problem that would not exist without the racket. For example, a good, um, a, a perfect example is um, the protection racket. Uh, certainly criminal gangs, and not only in America, but around the world, offer um, what they call a protection racket. That is to say, if you pay us a certain amount of money every month, then nothing will happen to your business. The undertone there is that um, the only thing that's going to happen to your business is if you um, do not pay us what we want. So there's no problem to solve except the problem that's created by the organization itself. They're saying if you do not pay us the money, we will some harm will come to your business. And sure enough, if the uh, if the business does not pay something to the criminal organization, the shop is destroyed or the shop is burned or something happens or an individual is hurt. And so this protection racket is just that it offers a solution to a problem that would not exist if the uh, if the um, criminal organization did not exist. And um, there's other type of rackets as well. There's organized retail crime and shoplifting. That is a racket. Um, fraud and embezzlement operations, credit card fraud, check fraud, healthcare fraud, welfare fraud. Those are, that is also known as racketeering. Um, identity theft and sale of personal data. But in this case, once again, the uh, 
racket the racketeering that was brought on that was per perpetuated by Nexium and by Keith Rainier involved um, a coordinated scheme by which the members of DOS or other members of Nexium would be forced to um, uh, give over information or talk given in this sometimes give nude photographs or photographs of people of these members in compromising positions that was a threat that if um, they would say anything about Nexium, well, then these, this information would be released and therefore, of course, harm the person, harm their reputation. So um, among the racketeering charges for which Keith Rainier was found guilty was conspiracy to commit identity theft, conspiracy to unlawfully possess an identification document. And that crime is just as it sounds. Identity theft is where a person's organization steals the identity of another person without that person's consent and uses that identity, usually for illegal means. Um, another type of racketeering for which uh, Keith Rainier was found guilty was sexual exploit. I'm sorry, um, conspiracy to al alter records for use in an, an official proceeding. And that is sometimes known as evidence tampering. If uh, there's evidence that's going to be used in an official proceeding, which is obviously a court case, and a person um, attempts to destroy that information, well, that's that's tampering with evidence or um, conspiracy or altering records. Um, another type of uh, um, another type of uh, racketeering for which uh, Keith Rainier was found guilty was um, extortion. And extortion is obviously a white collar crime, and extortion needs no explanation. It's just that where a person is told that if they do not perform something or if they do not do something, something bad will happen to them. A uh, perfect example, of course, is the extortion of a protection racket, where a person is told that if a you know, business is told if they don't pay money to the protection racket, something will happen to them. In this case, the extortion that was going on was uh, Keith Rainier and the uh, Nexium cult and the DOS organization basically saying unless um, by four forcing these individuals to turn over information about themselves or their family or um, photos of them, people nude or in compromising positions, unless they hold over them that if they ever try to escape the Nexium cult, something bad will happen to them. And the uh, Nexium, and interestingly, one of the things about Nexium, it, um, this is one of the ways Nexium became a very wealthy organization. Basically, People joined the organization, turned over lots of money to pay these fees, or in the case of individuals who became higher up or in the organization or who could not pay the fees, they were often asked or demanded to bring other people in the organization who could pay the fees. And these individuals uh, would receive points to be able to move them up in the organization. And or um, they would be, they would, in essence, work for the organization for little or no pay whatsoever as counselors, as coaches or what have you. So in return for their time, in return for basically slave labor, uh, they would be able to rise in the organization. And uh, this type of a white collar crime, as I said, was rampant throughout the Nexium organization. And it was uh, Nexium did become wealthy throughout this throughout this uh, um, throughout this practice, and um, um, restitution was ordered upon the uh, upon the, um, the when Mr. Rainier was uh, convicted. The U.S. attorney in this matter um, basically had very harsh words to say regarding Nexium. Um, among the, the what the U.S. attorney said was that 
defendant Keith Neer was a leader of a criminal enterprise based in New York, where Neer recruited individual organi individuals into organizations he founded purportedly for their, the individual's own benefit, and then exploited them for power, profit, or for sex. And um, the U.S. Attorney's Office also stated that uh, um, as part of the trial itself in 2018 and 2019, Keith Rainier and his other co-defendants were indicted for racketeering, racketeering conspiracy, and related crimes, including sex trafficking, forced labor, alien smuggling, the forced labor we talked about, where the individuals who could not pay money to Nexium would work for Nexium at next to nothing or free to bring other members into the organization and work for the organization as counselors, um, alien smuggling, identity theft, and extortion. On June 19, 2019, Rainier was convicted of all seven counts and all 11 racketeering counts submitted to the jury. And this is sort of the thing where the U.S. Attorney's Office here really had a um, victory in this case. They, uh, Keith Rainier was found guilty on, on all counts. So he, Nexium not only um, was it being a used as a sex cult for the uh, for the um, uh, pleasure, you might say, of Keith Rainier. It was also used as uh, it was convicted. The, Mr. Rainier was convicted of other white collar crimes, and certainly from my reading of this case, he's looking at he's sent, he was sentenced to about 120 years in jail. Um, as part of the uh, as part of the um, demands of the U.S. Attorney's Office following the successful prosecution. Of Mr. Rainier, the U.S. Attorney's Office also called for restitution. Title 18 of the United States Code, Section 1593, Congress provides for mandatory restitution for victims of sex trafficking, forced labor, and uh, document servitude, among other crimes. And um, the U.S. Attorney's Office demanded restitution from Keith Rainier and Nexium. And the government did state that they intended to pursue and ask the court to prioritize restitution for Rainier's uh, victims in this matter. And um, the uh, government stated that the because of the sex trafficking and forced labor offenses in this case, the degree of harm caused by these violations and Congress is an interest in prioritizing forfeited funds for the remission of victims of these crimes. The government asked the court that any restitution entered by the court um, should prioritize restitution for these um, uh, for these individuals. And interestingly enough, the government in its argument stated, and I quote, it's difficult to overstate the seriousness of defendants' crimes. As reflected in the impact statement submitted by the victims in this case, Rainier wrecked a path of destruction through his victims' lives. Impact statements, once an um, individual is found guilty by a jury or judge or pleads guilty in a case, in a federal case, um, the victims of the crimes before sentencing are allowed to submit impact statements. That is to say, the victims are allowed to provide statements to the government, to the court, where they describe how this criminal, how these criminal acts affected their lives. Um, I'm sure these impact statements were horrendous and had a lot of information for the court to review. The government went on to state that the defendant was able to engage in criminal activity for so long because he successfully cultivated followers loyal to him who carried out his orders and shield him, shielded him from scrutiny. Rainier sought out those who could provide financial support or the connections to enhance his reputation and increase his power to intimidate critics and detractors. Rainier concealed his abuse behind the smokescreen of his, his supposed personal growth programs, a charade he continues to this day. Since his conviction, Rainier continues to demonstrate a complete lack of remorse for his crimes. 
Uh, really some harsh statement there, statements there by the government regarding uh, Keith Rainier's crimes for which he was found guilty. As I said, uh, Keith Rainier was found guilty after a trial. Um, he was sentenced to 120 years imprisonment. He was also sentenced to 1.75 million in fines due to the United States government. And among other things, he was found to, the government, the court imposed monetary restitution from Rainier of $3.46 million to 21 victims. 17 victims were recognized under the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. These were victims who were trafficked for sex crimes. So uh, really, um, I can think of no more, uh, perhaps spooky is too light a word, but certainly when you look at the crimes of Keith Rainier and the Nexium cult, it's uh, very bizarre, very um, horrific uh, crimes against many people, which resulted in, in the destruction or the destruction of lives or harm to many people. And in this case, the government was successful in its prosecutions, and um, Mr. Lanier will be serving uh, quite a, the rest of his life effectively in prison. 120 years is effectively a life sentence. Interestingly enough, um, Mr. Lanier still enjoys support among Nexium members and former Nexium members. Um, it's, I find that very strange, but it is what it is. And uh, Keith Rainier is certainly has what is known as a, it's created what is known as a personality cult. And um, it's uh, this personality cult he was able to use for his, uh, for his own benefit. Um, as I said, Allison Mack, who was an actress, uh, is, did plead guilty to racketeering and conspiracy charge. Nikki, Nikki Klein, uh, who is an actress, as I said, who became part of Nexium. As far as I understand, she still remains loyal to Keith Rainier. Uh, very, very strange and interesting situation there. So I hope you enjoyed this Halloween episode. I would like to, if you have any interest in cults or uh, cult per, how cults operate, I strongly recommend this series um, that was uh, narrated by India Oxenberg regarding the uh, Nexium cults. As I said, I have a great deal of respect for Ms. Oxenberg and her, her willingness and her courage in bringing these activities to light. So as we end this, I'd like to wish everybody happy Halloween. And that goes for my American as well as my foreign listeners. Hope you wish you all the best and we'll talk to you soon.